get set to go racing at Richmond Raceway in Virginia. It's one big party here in Long Beach, California. The riders are all happy to be coming back to Denver, Colorado. Oh, he turned it! No! Oh, he turned oh, it! No! no! It's a street fight here in Long Beach. Cadillac and Corvette win at Long Beach. Outside of the Indy 500, this is the race that you want to win. He gets one of the best wins of his career in his home state. Eli Tomac will win in Nashville. Now we move on to Denver, which is where he lives. Kyle Busch is going to sweep the Richmond races. That's right, Rowdy Nation. All for you, baby. It is a busy weekend for race fans. It's a good thing you are in the Motorsports Hour. For the next 60 minutes, A.J. Allmendinger and Parker Kligerman will get you ready to race everywhere. Now, usually Parker is the one jetting off after the show for a weekend of racing. Tonight, it's your turn, A.J., heading to I mean, Long Beach. Going to Long Beach, little IMSA, IndyCar, yep. watch on NBCSN. Krista, you'll be there. I'll be there. Yep, be on the pit box, and then so you'll be calling the race. You just rest this weekend, okay, Parker? I'll take that. Thank All you. Right. I'll be watching the IMSA race before the cup race comes on later right. at night, and Perfect. obviously IndyCar on Sunday. So well, I'm looking forward to it. Lots of weekend storylines for sure. Both IMSA, as AJ said, and the IndyCar series are heading to California to take on the streets of Long Beach. We will take an in-depth look at both races on today's show. The stars of Supercross head to Denver, where the series hasn't raced in more than 20 years. Wow, what can we expect to see in the Mile High City? And NASCAR going under the lights for a Saturday night showdown at the Action Track. Richmond is the latest stop on the road to the playoffs. Here's how the Cup Series playoff standings look entering Saturday night's race. Yeah, it's a night race. Kyle Busch on top with three wins, 19 playoff points. He's going to be going for his third straight win at Richmond. And so far, no teams other than Joe Gibbs Racing and Team Penske have been able to reach victory lane. It's like you know that, but until you see it and, and say that, it's like, wow. So it's another short trek this weekend. So does that mean, Parker, another team has an opportunity, or will it be Gibbs-Penske again? I would love to be able to say with a straight face, you know what, anyone could win this weekend. You can't do uh, it? I can't do it because what we have seen as of late in the last couple years is if you show speed at even one type of track, you're going to show speed throughout the series. And, I mean, this this correlated lately from mile and a half to short tracks to road courses. It's just whatever they're doing works, and it works all over the place. So Joe Gibbs and Team Penske, until they show a weakness, until someone up, shows up and goes P1 in practice and P1 in qualifying and leads the most laps in a race, they are the ones to beat. And I know we we had the but the big three last year, the last two years. Now it's just the big two. I mean, there's just two. There's two teams. That's all right now. Joe Gibbs Racing and Team Penske, they're the ones to beat. I think there's teams that will have good runs that maybe surprise us, like we saw at Bristol. But if you're looking for someone to go out there and just straight up beat those two teams, I, I just don't see it happening. So we already know how your fantasy lineup is looking. It looks at pretty similar to what I yeah. just said. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and I agree. So Richmond is a place, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because the track gets so slick as the tires go off that downforce and, and just car setup and, and those big teams that have both are really strong there. It just doesn't seem like you, always, you have a shock, like maybe a Martinsville or a Bristol. Not winning the race, but take Matt DiBenedetto or Chris Busher last week during Bristol. Guys like that consistently running up front. Richmond just doesn't do that. And I think it's because the track is so worn out that the teams that have more downforce and a better car setup consistently really shine there. To me, if there's going to be one of those teams that comes up and beats the big two, it's Stuart Haas Racing. Yep. Most likely, and, and people would pick Kevin Harvick, but if it's going to be somebody at Richmond, to me, it's Clint Boyer. 
He's strong at Richmond. He's won there before. He was strong at Bristol last week. So was Kevin Harvick, even though he was four laps down and had to fight his way all the way back on the lead lap by the end of the race. So if it's one of those organizations to beat them, it's going to be Stuart Haas. But you know what? Rowdy's still showing up. Joey and Brad, they've been okay at Richmond before. I think they're going to be strong again. You know what I'd like to see? This is one of those times, you know, with how successful Kyle Busch has been that I know you used to do this in short track racing, but like right now, I'd like to see a bounty on Kyle Busch. You know, like whoever beats him gets $100,000 extra or something. I don't know. Maybe they get an extra point. Don't actually hand out points. But but I'm saying like something to just like raise the stakes to saying like this guy has been incredible to start the season across all three series. And now, you know, going to another short track, what a cool storyline it'd be to say, like, all right, if anyone beats him, you're going to be rewarded for this because, yeah. you know, this guy is setting the standard right now. So I think that's incredible. The, the car you just saw there behind him, though, his brother, Kurt Busch, if there's a team that I would say is maybe surprising me and could really surprise with both cars this coming weekend, it would be those Ganassi cars because we've seen the speed out of Kurt Busch. He's had a very good start to the season. Kyle Larson's had a little bit... More of not a strong start, I guess, in a lot of ways. But I think this is a strong track for both of them. And I think that those cars, if if, if you're going to kind of put a hierarchy out there of the teams, they've been a fringe contender, the Stuart Haas yeah. guys, against the teams Penske and Joe Gibbs Racing. So that could be one team to watch. And maybe later you'll see my fantasy team. And, and another, another car to rebound is Eric Amarola. That 10 yep. car, they didn't get to show how fast they are during Bristol getting wrecked on lap three, I think it was. So... Uh, he's been strong at Richmond. He's almost won the race there to make his way into the playoffs when he was in the 43. So that's another one that could step up as well. I so, disagree with that. Should we we have a lot of agreement. Should we? Put, I know this is weird. It's odd. I don't, yeah, I don't we should probably this. find something. But should we go ahead and put out that news bulletin now that the cha a change is being made at Richmond and it's going to be a bounty on Kyle Busch? Yeah, yeah let's do that. There sure. is news out of Richmond, but it actually has to do with qualifying. Oh. The qualifying rounds are now all going to be Five minutes. Shows how much weight I pull. I know. I thought you know? Oh, we could. It's not going to be the bounty. I thought Parker was putting up the hundred thousand. Well. Yeah, that's not what you heard. No, that's what no. Don't have Going back to my opening question: If a Cinderella story is in the works, so who would it be? You guys mentioned a couple of names. What about Jimmy Johnson? He last won at Richmond. Wow, has it really been since 2008? He's a 30 to one underdog to win on Saturday night. Whoa. Also at 30 to one, Eric Jones. His best Richmond finish was sixth back in 2017. Then you have Daniel Suarez at 60 to one. He's coming off three consequent top 10 finishes. You, so, you said whoa. Yeah, well, all right. So these odds, I mean, that's an entertaining bet to take Jimmy Johnson at 31 because if you look or an earlier short track this year, if you look at Martinsville, they did not run like the 48 has run before at Martinsville, but he admitted that they were trying some different things that didn't go the way they should have or didn't work out the way they thought they would, and maybe they'd need to stick more of the basics. Meanwhile, his teammate in the nine had a tremendous race, could have won that race, maybe potentially was the fastest car if he ever could have gotten around Brad Keselowski. But I think, so when you look at that and you look at the speed they kind of had at Bristol, maybe the tide is turning and maybe the bet, the odds there haven't caught up to the speed that the 48 has and the nine is going to show. And so that could be an entertaining bet, but if I were to look behind him, that Eric Jones at 30 to 1, that's like that the one, one I would take. Okay. That's the one you would take? Yes, because so he's this run is where well. We, this is where this we is, disagree. He's run well there. I got you. And he's in the fastest car. This is where I disagree. If you're going to take a value bet, the 60 to 1 odds, Daniel Suarez. All right. The last three weeks, as Chris has said, getting stronger and stronger. Part of Stuart Haas Racing. That's the team that's going to beat the big two if it happens. So listen to me. I'm Finally. smarter with money. <laughs> you're disagreeing this is what i'm used to but by the way jimmy johnson is actually gonna um race 326.2 miles this weekend scheduled to run the boston marathon 
on Monday. It's not the first time Johnson has run on a race weekend. Two months ago, he ran the Daytona Half Marathon on the same day as qualifying. Now, to be fair, so did a handful of other yep. drivers. But this will be Johnson's first full marathon. He told our Dave Burns that seeing the way the city came together after the 2013 Boston Marathon bombing has stuck with him. So why now? Well, this is the first time the NASCAR schedule has lined up since 2013 with a Saturday night race rather than a Sunday race on the same weekend as the Boston Marathon, which is always the third Monday in April, Patriots Day in Boston. So we're all excited, of course, to see Jimmy race in the historic Boston Marathon. I mean, no question, one of the most grueling challenges any athlete can take on. Hey, I, it's, <laughs> so I, I find this incredible. And so actually earlier this year, I was talking to Jimmy just about all the work and out he does and some of these half marathons and doing this marathon. I asked him, why do you do this? Like, what compels you to do this? I just think personally as someone, you know, that looks at working out more like a chore, I just I can't get it through my brain of like, do you enjoy this? And he said, I absolutely enjoy it. I love this. That's why I do it. I like yeah. pushing myself, you know, finding, you know, finding a new level, raising the bar. And so, I mean, more power to him to go <laughs> out there and race, which I always found physically, you know, enduring to just do a cup race. And then to think, you know, maybe I'll take a little rest on Sunday and then I'm just going to go run the longest thing possible. Like, yeah. that's just crazy to me. I, 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 uh, I can't believe it, but, you know, he's, he's a stellar athlete. And so, I think he's, you know, he's rising that level. Well, you can watch it all starting at 8.30 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN. But even before that, we've got full coverage of Jimmy's endurance test with a special profile on how he's training. Rumor is he's been doing 20 miles every Monday for more than a month. You can see his training this oh Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's on the Olympic Channel. Johnson is scheduled to run in Wave 2 on Monday wearing bib number... You like this, right, AJ? 48-48. That makes sense. That's Steve good. Steve Letard is heading down to Richmond this weekend to talk with Jimmy about the marathon and many other things on and off the track for the Letard On Location podcast, which you can find on all major podcast platforms starting Tuesday. Other racing. Yes, there is other racing. IMSA drivers, they're used to endurance racing, and this week they share the stage in Long Beach with the IndyCar Series, a big weekend out there. We're going to tell you why one IndyCar team has work to do and how this IMSA race may be the most unique one of the year. about racing by the sea. The fans here in Southern California, they like two things. They like fast cars and they like to party. This has it all. My goodness, the noise is they go past us. The fans like to come to Long Beach to watch the Simpson action. Wow, side by side, so tight there as they head towards the fountain. Taylor versus Taylor. Still a little sibling rivalry. Cadillac and Corvette win. Long Beach is our Indy 500 of street racing in North America. Oh, that's tight right there. What a, what a move! What a oh. gonna win in Long Beach. Jim Jensen will go to victory lane. at the Long Beach Grand Prix. The Long Beach Grand Prix belongs to Alexander Rossi. Nice one, boy. That was awesome. Long Beach is such a great event, and it's part of a Penske six-wide weekend. Team Penske is running six races in five series, IndyCar and IMSA at Long Beach, NASCAR, Cup, and Xfinity at Richmond, and a supercar doubleheader wow. in Australia. Yeah, wow indeed. You know, currently seven Cup and Xfinity drivers hail from California. AJ, 
is also from there. But it looks like Penske is pretty much everywhere. You could kind of just throw a throw a dart in a map, and they're going to be racing somewhere. Yeah, this is breaking news. Uh, Roger Penske <laughs> is really good at what he does. Does a lot of great things. <laughs> yeah. So breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. So yeah, for him to. Uh, to have uh, so many different types of series that he's in and a part of, and, and really, Parker, you know it, yeah. giving so many different drivers opportunities to drive for him is pretty special, but uh, I'm partial to Long Beach. I mean, it's it's a race that every driver, yes, the Indy 500 is the staple of the IndyCar series, but when it comes to road racing and street racing and just an event, the second one that falls in line to me is like, you know, the Daytona 500 and the Brickyard or the Coke 600. It's Long Beach. And as an IndyCar driver or in IMSA, that's a race that you want to win. No doubt. You mentioned, though, Penske, uh, you know, all, how incredible they do through all the series. Last weekend, Barber was not particularly the best showing in the IndyCar series. So if they want to go and contend for the win at Long Beach, they're going to have to bring something more than they had at Barber. It was just, I know Joseph Newgarden sort of, Took a top five out of nowhere there, but it was not a great showing out of the team that we feel like dominates a lot of these races, yeah. right? It's really the cars to beat a lot of weeks. So I don't know. They, they've got to find a little something because that's a tight technical racetrack, and we're going to a street course that's obviously tight and technical. So I, I, from my point of view, that was odd. Yeah, and but something I'll lean on is they were really fast at St. Pete. And, yep. yes, it's a different type of street course, but it's still a street course. So Barber is unique in, in the racetrack that you go to. It's it's fast, it flows, it also wears out tires. But, yeah, surprisingly, they didn't have any speed. Joseph and that two team did a fantastic job just to make something of the weekend. But, you know, I look at Will Power. He's had some bad luck early in the season. He's just under 60 points behind Joseph Newgarden leading the points. Simon Pashenaud struggled all year so far, whether it's bad luck in qualifying or just outright speed. So, those two guys right now got to find something to go out there and beat their teammate and start making up some of that points gap. They definitely do. Now, if we're going to point out maybe a uh, team that you wouldn't have noticed maybe last weekend or could maybe didn't realize how much speed they did have, that was uh, Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports yeah. with James Hinchcliffe. I know that after qualifying, they felt like he was on a pole lap and just kind of got off the course a little bit at the end of the lap. So that took away about two tenths, I believe. And then they showed maybe not quite the same speed in the race, but his teammate Marcus Erickson passed a lot of cars in the race, showed a lot of speed. So I think if they're a team that's going in the right direction, heading into Long Beach, and have to feel pretty positive since James Hinchcliffe has won there before. So I think it's uh, that's a team I have kind of my radar to say, all right, are they bringing a little bit more to Long Beach than we saw them at Barber? Or even if they just bring that same qualifying speed, yeah. could they be a threat you know, against these guys in terms of, you know, being able to put Team Penske one more place back as themselves. And you mentioned how cool Long Beach is. I mean, the fans love it. It's one of those pinnacle races for an IndyCar driver. Seven, the last seven races, seven different winners, including Alexander Rossi last year. Uh, could he be the one to kind of break this streak, I guess, and go back to back? He could be. It's just been really strange with Alexander Rossi. Uh, he, he hasn't been, I wouldn't say off, but just the speed that he's had outright last year, he hasn't really shown it yet this year. He's been solid inside the top five. He's... Fourth in points, but just hasn't had that that dominating speed that he showed at times during last year. But this could be the perfect place. Last year at Long Beach, he was just dominant. Nobody could touch him. I think he had qualifying by three or four tenths on pole, which in IndyCar racing is crazy to have that much speed over everybody. So if this is a racetrack that he can really show, you know what, I'm a championship contender, beat those Joseph Newgarden and those Penske drivers and just kind of really kind of stamp his foot that I'm back in this championship, Long Beach could be the place. And the one guy we have to just mention because it's almost like you, you know, it's against the law if you don't. 
Uh, he was third in that shot there with Alexander Rossi, second in points. <laughs> Scott Dixon. I mean, uh, yeah, he's he's probably a threat. I, know, I would think. Like, you know, so Iceman. You just gloss over yeah. him. You're like, you know what? We're not even going to talk about Scott Dixon. But he's always He'll there. He'll be there. Right. Yeah. He'll just be somewhere around there. And at Barber, I think that was like his sixth out of seven year, finishing second. <laughs> yes, that's right. And oh, by the way, the other two was a third. Yeah. So yeah. Well, all Scott Dixon's just there. I, I think Parker he'll be up front. Yeah. Have yes. talked about. You know, NBC Sports has got you covered all weekend to see them from Long Beach. Uh, Sports Gold has coverage of all IndyCar practices and qualifying on Friday and Saturday, so that's where you can find that. NBCSN has Saturday's IMSA race at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. AJ will be helping call that race, as well as Sunday's IndyCar Grand Prix of Long Beach is on at 4 p.m. Eastern. Wow, it's going to be such a cool weekend. Now, for IMSA, after running endurance races of 24 and 12 hours to start the season, this weekend's race at Long Beach lasts only 100 minutes. It's one of two 100-minute sprints on the 2019 schedule. The other is Detroit. So by comparison, the shortest race on the NASCAR Cup schedule this season was the second of the two dual races at Daytona. That lasted just 46 minutes. I know we're trying to make the comparison here, but when you have a series where the premier, the marquee events are marathons, again, yep. go back to the Boston Marathon, you know, a 24-hour race, 12 hours of Sebring, you'd think, oh my gosh, I only have to race 100 minutes, that's going to be easy. Is that for a driver just a complete uh, sort of 180? I think it's, it is for the drivers and the teams. You know, when you talk to these teams, uh, I just, I'm going to think back to the 12 hours of Sebring, and they get to these portions in the race, and they're literally running to a plan, right? Like they have, yeah. they have mapped out this plan of how they're going to run their stints, how their drivers are going to get in and out. You talk to a driver, and they're so relaxed. They're like, yep, it's all going according to plan. I'm like, well, you're running fifth. They're like, don't even worry about it. We don't care the last two hours, you know, that sort of thing. Now you go to a race that the start qualifying means a ton, which normally doesn't in those big races and the start means a ton and this is more of a traditional like we see out of IndyCar or even in stock cars where your start matters what you do at the beginning matters the other thing I got to say about this race and specifically the GTLM cars is that every shot we show there they're bumping each other yeah so if you want to see Porsches Corvettes Ferraris getting together and actually moving each other out of the way at times, then please tune in to the IMSA race at Long Beach because you will actually see them rubbing fenders just like in stock cars. Yeah, Parker, a hundred thousands of dollars in race cars, <laughs> and we and they just go out there and they make them bumper cars because to pass somebody at Long Beach, you have to put a door, you have to put a fender on them. These cars aren't made for that, but you know what? As drivers, don't we, don't care. Care. we don't care. We are going to make that. So I'll even take it a step further. It's not even about just qualifying. There's two practices. Their first practice is at 7.45 in the morning. Yep. Their second practice is at 4.30. <laughs> so what it comes down to is having only two practices, you got to unload with a good setup because you don't really have time to adjust because you get done with that first practice, there's going to be IndyCar practices. There's going to be other practices from other series there. And then you got to wait so long, the track's going to change a lot. So you got to have a good setup to start with because during the race, if it goes well, it's one pit stop. Yep. So from the moment you unload the race car, you got to be spot on. 100-minute race, NBCSN. I'm pumped, man. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm biased because I'm going to be broadcasting. Yeah, help help analyzing it, but... The DPI class, just to mention that, can anyone topple Cadillac? You know, can an Acura or Mazda go up there and finally topple one of those cars? So it's going to be interesting all around. Mazda's been hoping. Yeah, been the Mazda's yeah. have been so fast. And what's their problem been? Reliability. Results, yep. So a 100-minute race, does that play into their strengths? They're we'll hoping. Wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Long Beach weekend, as we said, such a crowd favorite. You know who else likes it? Drivers who've won there before. Like AJ, let's take a little oh, look at that. Like old school. At 2003. Like 2003, Toyota Atlantic's. This was my first professional win. Roosport was a, a startup 
Toy Atlantic team. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and talk about going to victory cool. lane at Long Beach. God, look at I was so young, so so much potential there. I didn't think it was possible. You uh, actually looked shorter. I, I know. I really was. <laughs> but, no, it yeah. was uh, – it's it just – it's just such a cool event. I don't I don't care if you're racing in it, you're there as a, a spectator. You've never seen a race and you happen to be walking by and going, what's going on? Yeah. It's just an awesome event. Everybody's got to go to it at some point in their life. Well, every time we kind of show those video montages, you see that that guy that's what we've shown a couple of times there? I want to find him this weekend. I'm going to be looking for him. You know, also... I found out yesterday, Rutledge Wood has actually won. Yes, I he did. did. He doesn't let anyone forget. He pointed that out. Yes. He won a celebrity race yes. one time. Or hey, both. Took out Adrian Brody for the win. That's no, right. He, he earned that win. Now, AJ and Parker did not make our top five from Richmond. So what did? Well, oh. these moments skew more on the controversial than the softer side. We've got some of the best from Richmond coming up. is a turning point in which the racers really want two restarts, eight positions. Game over. Yeah, I'm a lot frustrated. You know, lap cars, they just they have no respect for the leaders. And I'm fine with Martin being upset about it. Just don't get on here and tell everybody that that's the reason that you lost the race. Daniel Suarez and Michael McDowell. I'm sorry, <laughs> when you get in a wreck, we're going to talk about you. Do you know like a rough number of how many drivers you've had a physical altercation with? Oh, God, no. I don't have enough fingers, I know that. <laughs> I was pissed off and angry, and I just passed the cop. And I uh, saw him look at me, I was like, ugh. About the fans calling in, are y'all ready to take our let's first Yeah, let's do it, do it. NASCAR does nothing to him. He's the dirtiest one out there. Joe Gibbs dumped Joey Logano first. If I get eliminated, do I have to give my sponsor back money? Well, I don't know how the contracts go, but yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you, that's how it goes. Sounds like you fell face first into a stat book. Just give us a question. <laughs> So, obviously, we have some great stuff on NASCAR America, um, but there was one moment from yesterday's show that didn't make those that highlight reel. I think it needs to be revisited. Let's take let a look. It. All right, finally, hashtag, let me say this from a guy at P. At P Clickerman. I is think you've heard of this guy. Patrice? <laughs> I see AJ is using my shirts again. I need a lock on my closet. That's true, but I just Parker felt shirts. like somebody needed to fill out these shirts. For oh! Me. oh, yeah. P. Clickerman. Oh. Whoa! This shirt is now finally filled out for once. <laughs> wow. Wow. Thanks, yeah. bud. I mean, yeah. first of all, you steal my shirts, then you insult me. Well. And you used to insult my shirts. So I just think this, you know, that's that's three strikes. Is that you it? You just see what's coming. I got okay. things planned. Richmond, you're going to just wreck me? <laughs> yes. You're so for viewers who watched yesterday's Motormouth show and you thought, okay, is, is that really Parker's shirt? Yeah, it, it really was your shirt. I'm pretty sure it was my shirt. It was yeah. not his shirt. I keep three or four shirts here. And that and looked that, very similar. Very eerily similar to the very one that's similar. back there. Okay. I, didn't to, I checked it when I got here. Did you? But then yeah. you somehow threw shade at him by... I'm always yeah. going to throw shade at Parker. We've that's been what doing, the kids I, say, I've been throwing shade at Parker for 15 years. That literally. All right, let's... Move from yesterday's show to this weekend's to, race. To some more memorable moments. Yeah. No, not nicer. In fact, yeah. oh, the we're going to have some tempers oh, here. Our top five from Richmond. We start back in 1986. This was battling for the win. So, so Dale Earnhardt, he, he turned in a little early. It Off might have clipped the back of Darrell Walton. Might have. Yep. But what we like is Kyle Petty would go on to earn his first career Cup Series win. And, I mean, what the shock is here is look at how short his hair is. Yeah, he that was the last haircut Kyle Petty ever last got. Last one. 
The fall race of 2003, Ricky Rudd and Kevin Harvick. This is with eight laps to go. It leads to a heated confrontation after the race on pit road. We love watching this emotion. Oh yeah. So here Kevin gets right up beside him. Then he like basically hops over the cars. Ooh, then he right. tries to get in there. I mean, it becomes sort of a full on brawl or an attempt at one, but the best part's coming up here. Not, not that that's that face, this. The death stare. Stone Cold Rick stare, Ricky Rudd. Looked into Kevin Harvick's soul and ripped it out. <laughs> one year later, Jeremy Mayfield would go on to earn his way into the inaugural Cup Series playoffs by winning the regular season finale under the lights. And this was big because we had never seen this before, so this was a huge moment in that sense, and obviously that was something that nowadays is always on offer with win and get in. May 2008. Who doesn't remember this? Yeah. My big shock was that <laughs> Kyle Busch actually got out of this race alive, got out of the racetrack, yeah, because the crowd, I was there, and uh, they were slightly we unhappy. were battling for the lead. Yes. Kyle Busch takes out Dale Jr. Clint Boyer goes on to win, and yeah, Kyle Busch made it out of there. You might have needed to right? Dale Jr. said Clinton, he might have needed drank some beer after that. Probably, I Okay, assume. Kyle didn't like seeing that. He's not going to like seeing this either. Spring race of 2016. We've never seen a last lap pass before in a cup race at Richmond until this day. Carl Edwards. And I love that because it was a day race, which we decided we'd be better racing. And then we saw better racing, and then we went away from the day race. We went away from the day race. I sure hope there's not a day race this weekend. Yeah. But uh, the weather is not... Favorable. No, it's not looking great, Rich apparently. Man. Also, we got to just give a shout-out. Hi, Carl Edwards, if you're out there still wondering watching. what you're up to. And you're definitely watching. But, uh, sure. No. Yeah, the, I just like doing that every time he shows up in these things. But anyway, <laughs> the, the weather, uh, I guess it looks a little ominous at this time, so that could push things forward, and that would not be good for our buddy Jimmy Johnson, though. Oh, yeah, to make the Boston Marathon, yeah, he, for yeah. sure. He's not excited about no. racing on Sunday and then... No, racing again yeah. on Monday. For you guys as drivers, I have never heard a driver say they don't like racing at Richmond. There is just something special about that. It always provides such great racing as we saw by those top five moments. Yeah, it's a racetrack that uh, can be a lot of fun. But, you know, I've been on both sides of it. There was times there that I was just really fast and, and just very enjoyable. Then there's times when you struggle there and you just can't figure out why. And this place say it over and over again, but it just uses up tires. And if you miss the setup there, it can be a miserable day, but it puts on great racing. Uh, you know, drivers, you can run side by side for lap after lap. And uh, we've seen over the last couple of years, and it'll be interesting with this aero package on from running the, the bottom really to the top against yeah. the fence, like you're racing at Darlington. So uh, with this aero package, I'm, I'm wondering more downforce. Will the line kind of widen out like it used to? So, uh, I'll see as practice goes on. So all I've learned here is that you and I have never talked about Richmond. Because, because I've never, yeah, yeah because, because you don't like racing. No, I've, I've never, I have not had very memorable, memorable experiences there. I've had good finishes, but it was sort of the situation you talked about where the car just didn't want it to do what I wanted to do. And so I fought it for an entire race and somehow mustered up a finish. But I've, I've had one time there I felt like was a good race. And every other time I've been there, I've been in that situation. Oh, that's thinking, when I yeah. interviewed you. And, and yes, time. probably. And time. thinking, yeah. this is, uh, this is I'm, I'm not enjoying this situation. I've seen guys, you know, when they really figured out, though, the guys that have figured out, they seem to run well every time because they seem to have that unlocked. They figured out whatever that feel is, what you need, what the fall-off percentage is in the yeah. tires, what it needs to do at the end of a run. That makes them good there, where I just personally have not found it. So, fans, if you have scanners this weekend, you're going to hear a lot of frustrated yes. and animated drivers, and you're going to hear, even from the leader, it's loose in, it's tight in the middle, and yep. it's loose off. Fix it. LTL.
Okay. That's a common theme. So you don't, you didn't like racing there necessarily or couldn't find the right field, but did you enjoy racing on Tuesday night? Because you already sort of had a race at Richmond. So I, I personally didn't race, but my eSports team did. Your mine team and did. Jeff Burton's eSports team in the peak antifreeze iRacing series or eNASCAR series, uh, which is a series that's every other Tuesday night. They follow okay. the NASCAR schedule, and this is the top eSports racing series in the world right now. And so we got some highlights. Here's one of our drivers, Logan Clampett. He was really fast. He qualified fifth, got up here racing for second, and eventually he would move on to get in the lead, which was really impressive because he was really good on the long run. And just, just like we talk about real life, all this is real. They have tire fall off, all those things. There he is passing Keegan Leahy, who I believe is second in points, for the lead, uh, which was awesome to see. This is Dale Jr.'s driver for Junior Motorsports, Michael Conti. He's been fast to the start of this season. There he is racing against my driver, Logan Clampett, as we get later in the race. Our other driver, Ashton driver. Crowder, he's a rookie this season. He hasn't had the best start. He was having a great run up in the top 10, but he got spun out there, uh, did not get a good finish in the end. So, so Logan Clampett had the best finish out of all the NBC yep. Sports affiliated cars. That's why we're showing you these names. He was fifth overall. Driving for Burton Kligerman Esports. And you see Steve Attard has a team now. So there's mm -hmm. there's basically four of us that are involved in this right now. And it's a lot of fun. I, I implore you to tune in on these races on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook Live because it's really cool stuff. And they're just really enjoyable on a Tuesday night when really there's nothing else going on. Parker, I hope you're not skimping out on your drivers. Ooh, you say a top top five. You better be giving them big bonuses. <laughs> like, you right. Wait, let me Logan, talk. Logan, Logan. Message Logan's me. Gonna like I'll this. be I'll be your manager. If he if he's cheaping on you, you deserve a big bonus this for that. This whole show, you've just been dipping in my wallet. This I mean, just saying, First, I'm giving out like, hundred grand bonuses. Guy, well, guy goes up there. I'm getting the commercial. I think so. Okay. At some point. Another sport young fans love to watch is Supercross. After a thrilling weekend in Nashville, the series returns to Denver for the first time in over two decades. AJ will tell you why the toughest competitor for these riders isn't even in the race. Such a cool perspective. Now, before AJ flies to his home state of Cali for this weekend's IndyCar IMSA doubleheader, of course, we need to talk about this. Two wheels, Nashville, down a game in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but Music City fans loving what they saw in their city last oh, weekend. I think we were on board there with Dean Wilson. It's just, uh, it's insanity. I don't even know where to start. I mean, if you, you take the 250 East class, Austin Forkner, which has won every race, mm -hmm. crashes in practice, hurts himself, doesn't even race. So you got Chase Sexton and, and uh, Cooper battling for points now to make up for it. They crash in the main together going for that the win. That was a chance. That was an opportunity. Uh, Eli Tomac blows up leading the heat race, has to run the LCQ, comes back and wins the main event. And then Cooper Webb just struggled all night, was 10th in qualifying, and really kind of seemed like it was the chance for Marvin Muskan 
to make up a ton of points on his teammate. Cooper Webb gets crashed in the heat race. Red flag comes out, gets back up, makes the main, and we see here Marvin Muskan going for the lead against his teammate Cooper Webb in the whoops, which is traditionally where Marvin struggles, gets aggressive, goes down. You and, see how and, I mean how hard he's trying. That's the thing. It's, and, and it's really from the moment he got that seven-point penalty two weeks ago for jumping through the medical flag. Yep. It just, seem, it just seems like he's been kind of on edge, riding too hard. He made mistakes last week, uh, the prior week, and Cooper kind of gave him an elbow, knocked him off the racetrack. This week, Marvin Muskan looked like it was his opportunity to make up points, and we've seen there trying so hard through the whoops, crashes, only gets back to sixth. Cooper Webb just kind of rides his own race, nothing spectacular, finishes third. And Eli Tomac is on again, off again season. All of a sudden, he turned it on in that main event in Past Cooper Webb and just dominated for the win. So uh, you just never know what you're going to yeah. get. So it's uh, I, that's why I love Supercross racing. Well, this weekend, Supercross returns to Denver for the first time since 1996. Do you remember what happened back then? Let's take a look. Great crowd on hand here at Denver Mile High Stadium. The light brown eyes of Jeremy McGrath. The final management event of the Supercross season. 40 laps. Dave Lewis with the blue. Let him know it, all right? And they're off. Jeremy McGrath, whole shot, white flag lap, one more lap for Jeremy McGrath to win every race in the Supercross season but one. And the back neck. Wow, what a great shot. The crowd is going crazy. The checkers. And for Jeremy McGrath, his 43rd career victory. 14 out of 15, probably a record that, well, can you even break it? You can't find out until next year, I guess. You heard him say it. That win capped off a dominant year for Jeremy McGrath. He earned 14 wins in 15 events. The year was 1996. Hard to believe. What, 23 years ago? Uh, it's the same year NASCAR Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett won his second Daytona 500. Terry Labonte captured his second Cup Series title. It was also the first year of the IndyCar split, which lasted more than a decade. So, AJ, tell us about Denver. I mean, every city has its own flavor, but you said Denver brings a unique challenge. Yeah, and we talk about it anytime you go to Denver Denver for any sporting event, the mile-high air. Mm -hmm. So for all these riders, and they are in such amazing shape, we saw from the onboard video there just the physical abuse that a rider takes over a course of a 20-minute main plus one lap. But you take it to mile-high air where you're kind of sucking for oxygen, trying to figure out how to get your body just to, to adapt to that type of and you, you used and to live there, so you know. I, I, yeah, I lived back there when I raced in Champ Car, and yeah. it's. I would train there, and we'd go race on a weekend, and that Monday back, I mean, I couldn't even breathe. So it, it's in a, a unique challenge for most of these riders. So because of that, it makes it stand out that does Eli Tomac have an advantage? He lives in Colorado. Okay. He trains in Colorado. His house, I believe, is actually in 7,000 feet above sea level so this is what he trains in this is what he's used to now these riders race in the outdoor they race in lakewood uh, colorado in the outdoor event but as we said 23 years since they've been supercross racing just is this a chance with three races to go for eli tomac he's going to need some help because if cooper webb finishes on the podium the last three races no matter what anybody else does he wins the championship but eli tomac if he's going to win this championship has to go out there and prove a point 
And maybe this is opportunity, having just that small advantage of living there and training there every day. Absolutely. Well, so Supercross returning to Denver for the first time again since 1996. You know what else happened in 1996? The Colorado Avalanche, their NHL team, won the Stanley Cup tonight. The Stanley Cup playoffs continue on the networks of NBC. Yeah, looking back into 1996, opening round action across the continent. The Avalanche opened their best of seven series in Calgary against the best team in the Western Conference. Let's take a look at the full slate of games tonight. A huge matchup between the Toronto Maple Leafs and Boston Bruins right here on NBCSN. Coverage beginning with NHL Live as soon as NASCAR America finishes. More to come, including our global motorsports star. And did you know NASCAR isn't the only star attraction in Richmond this weekend? TYR Pro Swim Series continues this weekend in Richmond. Hey, that's where NASCAR is going to be. Headlining the event will be five-time Olympic gold medalist Katie Ledecky. Live coverage airs on the Olympic Channel Friday and Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can see two icons competing this weekend in Richmond, the other being, of course, seven-time Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson. Before he heads to Boston to run 26 miles in the marathon on Monday, he must drive 400 laps around Richmond Raceway on Saturday night. Richmond, the city of stars this weekend. Both of those athletes are international stars, but this week's global motorsports star is one driver who scored a big victory for the old guys. What a day for Takuma Sato. He wins for the first time at Barber Motorsports Park. And the team at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan who provided that superb car. Oh my gosh, what a delightful day. This is because of the team. Really, they made a fantastic effort. That car was superb, you know? I mean, red tire, black tire, I didn't have to worry about it. And um, no, I mean, it's just a full, full credit to the team. Really, really great. It's not about top tens for this man, Takuma Sato, the race winner. Takuma Sato, victorious in a Honda at the Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama. This was the fourth career win for the 42-year-old Takuma Sato, who also has victories in both the Indy 500 and Long Beach, where we'll be this weekend. Sato's win at Barber, of course, coming on the heels of 18-year-old Colton Herta's breakthrough triumph at Coda back on March 24th. So I guess I can say old guys because... I mean, I'm in that age. But I don't want to take anything away. But it's kind of cool to see sort of that storyline um, sort of emerging in IndyCar. Uh, 42 years old, 18-year-old, the last two the last two winners. Yeah, I mean, it just shows is what the IndyCar series is all about. The, the competitiveness from whether you're a rookie in, and we've seen with Colton Herta or Takuma Sato, where Takuma is very underrated as a driver. He, he's got so much speed. He's ran in Formula One. He's been in the IndyCar series for so long now. And just that whole weekend, that team, not just Takuma, but Ray Hall as well, Graham, he was really quick, had a mechanical failure during the race. I think it could have been an easily one-two for both those cars. I like what you said about Takuma being underrated because in so many ways he is. You know, I think back to his full one days when he was so spectacular in terms of overtaking and just was always a show. And then he came to IndyCar and, you know, there was some team changes around. He had that amazing attempt on Dario Franchitti in the 2012 Indy 500 where, he, you know, so many people respect him for going for it down in turn one. He finally goes on to win the Indy 500 in 2017, which I was actually there 
there, and it was really cool to see that in person. So I've always had a lot of respect for him. I think that's a great way to put it, being that he's, you know, he's been underrated because he hasn't gone up there and just racked up wins. But I think a lot of times he's had to jump around teams so often. Yeah. That's been a hard thing to find, to find that consistent team to run up front with. I got to say, though, my other global motorsports star, uh, David Letterman. For his look, his interviews, the beard. I mean, that was just tremendous. Uh, I, You know, I just can't think of a cooler guy that yeah, hanging around at the race and then just go win in front of and be your boss. Yeah. I mean, he's he's in almost every shot here, if we go back there. He was in, in victory, every Excited. victory lane shot. He's in the interview there. I mean, he's he's always loving it. That's the awesome. cool part about that was he wasn't even scheduled to be there. He saw how they qualified yeah. and said, you know what? I want to be part of my race team. I think something special is going to happen tomorrow. And flew to Barber, had never been to Barber. So, yeah, and it, but this is, what, this is what we talk about. If we're talking about NASCAR, we're talking about two dominant teams. This is what IndyCar Series is all about. doesn't matter what team. Yep. If you got a great driver, and on that weekend, if you get your stuff right, you can go win. So, yep. Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing showed that. And uh, now we go to Long Beach, see if they can do it again. Well, and you guys might not know this, but Sato scored another victory recently. Oh, okay. So what are these called? It tastes like fire. <laughs> wow, this is uh, this is unique. Wow, this is uh, a problem. to go buy a new tongue at Menards. <laughs> I don't know what aisle those oh, are located. Man, this the is sour candy now. count. Yeah. I mean, the, the difference, though, it was like 29-40. 40. Wow. Who knew? It's just how he dominated yeah. Barber. He just does things big. If he's going to win, he does it really He's going big. strong. Yeah. Well, for more of this and all the best content, I guess that's the best, the best content <laughs> from the world of racing, that. check out our NBC Motorsports YouTube channel. That's where you'll find IndyCar content, Supercross, NASCAR America overtime segments, including one where you get to hear Dale Jr.'s thoughts on aliens and ghosts. Okay. Who oh, knew? Oh, I, I got Who knew? That's what we also... You piqued my interest. Well, how about this? The latest uh, NASCAR America overtime Trivia against these two. Oh, yeah. That's huh. where you can find it on the NBC Sports are, are the aliens Go watch Dale Aliens. Are, are the aliens and ghosts in the graveyard? Yeah. <laughs> Predictions for the more. weekend coming up next. Sixteen teams, two months of sheer intensity, all for one prize. David Pasternak and the Boston Bruins face off against their big-time rival in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Game one comes your way tonight, and NHL Live gets you ready for it next. I want Pasternak's hat. I know that. I think the they're all sponsored by AirPods. Toronto and Boston also have storylines at the racetrack. Toronto's James Hinchcliffe will seek his second Long Beach victory in the last three seasons. Meanwhile, Boston's Kaz Grala will make his second Xfinity start this year for Richard Childress Racing. At Richmond, just a couple of ways to keep you hockey fans interested in NASCAR, yeah. IndyCar, vice versa. So, sort of bit, what is, is this what I do? This is what I, I, I think. Know. I like, feel like I was doing that. And I was just okay. imitating. Okay, so you if you're watching, who are you going to pick? Who do you watch this weekend at Richmond? It's time for your fantasy lineup, your predictions. So, yeah, no, this, please you know, stay tuned for my <laughs> picks here because I'm third to last in the league. So I've been doing really well. Stay and tuned. Therefore, I'm, I'm really crushing it, but I'm ahead of Dale Jr. So I've got Kyle Busch. <laughs> 
I've got Chase Elliott because of how he ran at Martinsville. I feel like another short track, maybe they can bring that same sort of speed. Martin Truex Jr., who has been really fast at Richmond the last couple of years, has not been able to get that win. Maybe this is the time he does it. Kyle Larson, I feel like Ganassi, this is the place he turns around, and Ganassi has shown a lot of speed with Kurt Busch. I know he's great at Richmond. And in my garage, I have Brad Keselowski because I needed two or I needed a Penske driver. Who's basically. your winner? Who wins the race? Kyle Busch. Because until That's anyone long beats him, yeah. I mean, like right now, he's on such a, a roll. How can you, a place that he's been so successful at, how can you say he's not going to be yeah. the one? Yeah, to he's going for three straight. What do you got? Way to go out on a limb there. I, so, yeah, what did yeah. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. really way to go out on a limb there. So, I chose Kyle Busch. <laughs> And uh, basically, those teams that we talked about that nobody can beat, I just picked all those all guys. And my sleeper, like I said, which is not that much of a sleeper, Clint Boyer. And I chose Kyle Busch for the win as well. So, <laughs> well, But I didn't choose him to win the first stage. I didn't either. So I had Chase Elliott win the I first stage. I had him win the second stage. Yeah. So, well, yeah. here's one thing I did notice missing from there. Ryan Blaney. Out of all your Penske picks, there. Did yeah, Ryan Blaney's got an average. Ryan, Ryan Blaney's got an average of 26 place it's finish not there good. at Richmond. Yeah. So I thought we should bring that up. If you're yeah. looking for one of those guys to avoid in there, unfortunately, yeah. Ryan Blaney. Yeah. Although he's been very fast lately and so close to winning, he will get that not done. But I don't weekend. think it's going to be this. And week. be sure to visit. You see it on the screen there. RotorWorld.com/NASCAR for fantasy tips. A lot of great insight uh, coming up for the weekend. Yeah, big weekend in Richmond. Uh, we talked about um, IndyCar, IMSA. Happening yes. NHL playoffs are happening, Supercross in Denver. There's just so much going on. You can literally go from Friday to Saturday to Sunday. I know. So that's, no. that's all for us. AJ and I will see you this weekend that's from right. Long Beach. And to get you ready for the oh, Stanley Cup playoffs, we go. yeah. we're going to leave you with some great NASCAR fights. That's getting you Throw ready. Down. That's getting you ready. <laughs> Enjoy the weekend. <laughs>